Welcome to the first episode of Conversations with Earl Grey. I'm Sam Wan. Over the years, I've gotten to meet and chat with a lot of ordinary people with interesting life experiences. In the conversations that I've had, I've stepped away from them, having learnt something new. So this podcast is about sharing with you everyday conversations with everyday people and their everyday lives. Sometimes we explore light-hearted topics, other times we delve into heavy experiences. We think about books, music, films, and laugh-out-loud stories, but always looking to learn from one another. So grab yourself a cup of tea and join me on Conversations with Earl Grey. Hi, Sam. Hey, Fiona. Today we have Fiona with me. Um, Fiona, you've got a cup of coffee and unfortunately I've had to resort to drinking coffee today. Tell us a bit about yourself. You're a migrant as well. I'm an Asian Australian. You're a Mancunian Australian. A Mancunian. Australian. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, um, well, I mean, I grew up in Manchester um, and I'd always wanted to travel and work overseas or abroad as we used to say abroad back, back home yeah um so i'd always wanted to work abroad and um i was a beauty therapist and i tried to get work in canada um i hadn't worked out and then i had um, a very good friend of mine called tim a guy who was i'd grown up with um at church back home so he had already worked in america and canada and was in just spent a year here in sydney and so um by the time I got enough money together and was able to, yeah, travel somewhere, um, yeah, I came, I came to Sydney and um, thought that it would just be for a year, maybe two, because um, lots of Poms just applying for residency is a way of getting yeah. a bit of extra time here. Yeah. But I knew I wouldn't, you know, get my residency, I knew I'd get thrown out. So, um, yeah, I came here initially for a year, that was back in 1989. And you stayed for 27? Well, it's been 30 now. 30 yeah. years Yeah, here. so here I'm still And so here. are you an Australian citizen or are you still, a, are you a dual citizen? I'm a dual citizen A dual now. citizen, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I've been an Australian citizen since 1996. 96. Yeah. yeah, which was mainly, I did it at that time because Paul Keating was the Prime Minister then and there was a lot of talk about he was really hoping Australia would become a republic. Ah, And yes. so we went, I wasn't sure whether you'd still be able to be a dual citizen or yeah. not. Yeah. And of course, I wasn't going to give him my British citizenship. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, once I can still have both, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. So Manchester, yeah. what's famous about Manchester? Oh, lots of things, Sam. It's got an amazing uh, music scene, lots of great bands from Manchester. Who came from Manchester? Did the oh. Beatles come from Manchester? No. No, they're from Liverpool. Liverpool. So, um, it's slightly above Manchester. Slightly south of Manchester. So oh, south, slightly below. Southwest of Manchester. Yeah. 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 So up until 1973, Manchester and, like, and Liverpool was still part of Lancashire. So, so who came the same from, county. So who came from Manchester? Also, you've got, like, you got New Order, you've got Simply Red, you've got M People. Bands that also, I don't know of. <laughs> you would have any, anything else? Any, qu- any Mancunian cuisines? Mancunian. Mancunian cuisines? Well, yeah, there's, there's Manchester tart and there's Lancashire hot pot. So 
So what's Manchester? Is Manchester it tart is it's got like coconut and jam in it. Right, and, and, and the pastry. hot and pot. The hot pot is like a, it's a bit like an Irish stew. So it's traditionally got lamb, potatoes, carrots, and yeah. onions, yeah. that sort of stuff. And you're not really English, are you? You're you've got uh, background. Your parent, your grandparents were from Ireland and Scotland. Yes. Yeah. 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 Tell us so, a little bit about them. So my dad. So my maiden name is Drummond, which is very Scottish. Mm. And I was Drummond. Yeah, Drummond. And I always think it's bizarre that I now live in Dremoyne here in Sydney. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my dad's, dad's family were from Comrie in Perthshire in Scotland. And um, my granddad was a cloth buyer, so he was living in Glasgow. So like a fabric supplier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so my dad's... My dad... Well, both my parents were quite a lot older. My dad was a lot older than my mum. So... Um, my dad's older sister was born in Glasgow and then they moved down to Manchester for um, my granddad's work because, yeah. of course, with all the cotton mills in Manchester, there was yeah. lots of yeah. cloth there. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't realised till I moved here that in the shops here you call all your bedding and towels and stuff Manchester. Yeah, that's Seems right. Seems pretty weird because we don't call it that anymore. No, what do you call it? Bed, bed cloths, <laughs> bedding and towels, yeah. <laughs> bed um, bath and breakfast, what yeah, is yeah, it? Bed bath like and yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So they moved down to Manchester. So my dad was born in Manchester and used to get teased by all his Scottish cousins. They used to call him the Lancashire lad. The Lancashire lad. Because he's the only one not born in Scotland. Right. And tell us. Yeah. You moved here in the eighty nine. In the eighties, in the eighty nine, the fall of the Berlin, Berlin Wall. Yeah, just yeah. then, yeah. It's all so, happening. what was it like being a in a being a pommy in Australia in nineteen eighty nine? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. Like, I don't think I'd appreciate how many poms and kiwis were here, right? Until I arrived, um, and I ended up getting my first job in Bondi Junction. Wow! Um, I got offered a job in Five Dot first of all, which I ended up working in Five Dot for many years after I was married. But um, at the time, I was still waiting to hear about this job in Bondi Junction because I thought, well, I'll only be here for a year or two. Might as well live close to the beach. So I ended up getting that job. Um, what was it like working in Bondi Junction in the 90s? I love Bondi Junction. Yeah, yeah. it was great. So, uh, um, yeah, and then I actually, my first flatmate was actually Kiwi. Wow. Um, and I must admit, this all sounds really awful, but I'd only been in the country like three weeks. And um, I'd been staying with my friend and then I... You know, got this flatmate, got my job in Bondi Junction, and her accent was so unusual. Like I'd never <laughs> heard a Kiwi accent before in my life, and I actually thought she had a really bad cold. And I thought <laughs> she'll probably stop talking like this in a week or two when a cold. Did you understand gone. each other? And she didn't. She just kept talking. Like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, we did. Yeah. 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 yeah we were. Yeah. Yeah. We were, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. So, um, but Bondi Junction was great. I mean, it was um, the beauty salon I was at. Was that there was a hair salon at the front. Um, and I think there were much trendier hairdressers yeah. than we were at Beauty Salons. And they used to they used to be those, it was that sort of place you could come and get tickets for all the underground dance parties and mm. stuff. And, oh, wow. Um, Did you participate in any of those underground dance parties as a young Fiona Taylor? <laughs> Not really, no. Drummond? No. No, okay. Not really. But uh, they, they, that's how trendy they were, yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. it a spur of the moment move to Australia or were you planning to work overseas? For yeah, I had always wanted to work overseas, but yeah. I'd never... I didn't really mind where. I guess the only criteria was you could speak English. So, yeah, yeah. And I had no, absolutely no 
sort of knowledge of the difference between Sydney, Melbourne, Perth. Like, I could have ended up in any of those cities. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, I'm probably glad it was Sydney. Yeah. I, I don't think it even occurred to me how far away Perth was from anywhere else. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and tell me, was was the move difficult leaving your friends there? Um, behind. No, it was it was pretty easy to to move. Like um, I'd been away um, at college for two years when I was um, a beauty salon college. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, so it's just a regular technical college, oh, but okay. I went to yeah, one yeah, in yeah. Um, Staffordshire. So I lived for two yeah. years in this little town called Cannock, where Staffies come from. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> the so, Staffordshire Terrier. And they've got, talking about accents, they've got crazy accents in right. Panic. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's in the black country. So there's a lot of mines. Right, so right. Um, yeah. Like north of Birmingham. Yeah. So you were already um, wanting to move and had that desire to move on. Yeah. Well, I think, because, like, so in the UK, most people, if you go to uni, nearly everyone that goes to uni doesn't go to uni in their hometown. Oh, okay. So the whole yeah, point yeah, of yeah. going yeah. to uni. Much like the US where yeah, you go is to... Yeah, to move away. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many different unis, and obviously some unis, um, you know, are better at certain subjects than others. Yeah, uh, yeah. Also, more sought after. So, yeah. Um, and even though I wasn't going to uni, I was like, I didn't want that to stop me having the chance yeah. to move away for two years. Yeah. Um, so that's why I ended up in Cannock. But yeah. Cannock was a weird place. Like, I was very much a city city person, and I just found Cannock very small and... Yeah. Didn't really like it. Um, yeah. And they had cra- crazy accents. So their, their local way of saying goodbye was tarara bit. They'd go tarara bit. Yeah. Tarara bit. Oh. And what other Mancunian, Mancunian, what other Mancunian, you were teaching me some Mancunian slangs. What what were some of them? Um, was nout. You say nout. Nout. Into it. What does What does nout mean? Nout is just nothing. Oh, yeah. there's not here. Now it's now or now quite like. You know. So so I guess so because Manchester in the north, so the whole north of England has much shorter a sounds. So yeah, that's yeah. the main difference. Yeah, and yeah. Australia has longer a sounds. Yes. As southern yeah. southern England does. Yeah. Any other Pancunian words? Well, well, I recently found out one that is not that well known, and it's because apparently it's it's quite um, concentrated on Manchester. It's piffy on a rock bun. So, piffy on a rock bun. Yeah, so you can say, oh, I feel like piffy on a rock bun, and it means you feel a bit left out, or like oh. everyone's, what's the point of you being there because you're just superfluous, you know? Yeah. Um, so so yeah. tell us, you were, you said to me earlier this year that looking back, yeah, a lot of your English friends and yourself didn't regret moving um, to Australia. You think Australia is a much, much better place so than. I mean, I. I don't regret moving here, but um, I guess because I've been here so long, I, I wonder now. I, th- I think I could go back and actually live there quite happily. Yeah. Um, but I have got um, some younger English friends, uh, about maybe 10 years younger than me. And they, um, you know, that's a, so my husband's Australian, whereas they're both English yeah. and all their family is back in the UK. Um, and they went back a couple of years ago for six months. Um, to test it out and see whether they would move back. Mm. And they both decided not to, and yeah. they wanted to return to, yeah. to Australia. Why was that? Um, they, they still felt like lifestyle was much better here, um, better opportunities. Yeah. Know, obviously the climate's a big a big thing. It's always sunny here. But, yeah, not today, <laughs> but generally. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, that did interest me, especially with, with both their families there. Because yeah. I, I was fortunate in that my mum, being, like, I've got a half-brother who's much older than me, but I'm my mum's only child. And so I was very fortunate after we had our eldest daughter, my mum and dad migrated out here. Yeah. Um, How did they find that move? Was it a real... Was, was it hard for them or was it was it easy for them? I, w- I was amazed how well they handled it, really. Yeah, I mean, my mum arrived on her 74th birthday and my dad was 89. Wow. So, I mean, just, just you know, physically doing that at that age, I think yeah. it was pretty amazing. Um, mum had spent quite a few months um, collating lots of paperwork and yeah. um, going to the library and using the computers there and looking yeah. up. Um, she needed to have the birth certificates of the, their, their parents, so her parents, and my dad's parents. And yeah. I mean, my dad was born in 1911. So, wow, wow. Um, and he lost a lot of his memory yeah. by then. Oh, okay. By then. Yeah. But it was really, it was really interesting how, how God sort of smoothed, smoothed um, that process over in many ways. Even the fact that um, I don't have any other full siblings, and my half brother doesn't have any full siblings, because that's the main criteria to come. Right. Here as parents right. is to have equal number or more children in Australia. Yeah. So if there'd been one more sibling, they wouldn't have been able to come at all. Wow. Um, and then the fact that my, as I said earlier, my dad's sister Maisie was born in Scotland, so her birth certificate listed her parents' wedding date. Right. Which it doesn't on the English birth certificate. Wow. So my dad's wow. birth certificate, it doesn't list the parents' wedding, yeah. and that was so. Then my mum was actually able to trace. The, uh, my dad's parents' birth certificates through his sister's birth certificate, which yeah. had wedding date. So she was able to contact the church they got married in, yeah, and then trace it that way. So wow. just all these like little little things. Yeah. So did you did you ever you know that that show trace your where where did you come from and trace your ancestry? Did you ever do that? And did you find out anything interesting? I haven't done much of it myself. No, one of one of my um. Scottish relatives has done a little bit. Yeah. Um, although one, actually one thing we did find out, which I didn't know, um, I always thought, it's quite funny because my husband Robert's mum's name was Jean, and I always thought my dad's mum's name was Jean, and it wasn't until this whole process of my mum and dad migrating here, and they actually got Jean's birth certificate, my grandma's birth certificate, and her name on that is actually Jane. So oh. she's called Jane Gary, but of course if you say Jane with a Scottish accent, Jane. Yeah, it sounds really <laughs> nice. That was so, my poor attempt yeah, at Yeah, so sick. for all these years, I thought my grandma's name was oh, Jean. And there you go. Jane. There you go. Well, um, tell us about your mum. You often say that your mum is the same age as the Queen. And she, she is. She, yes. is, she acts like the Queen. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a bit of a joke. But um, yeah, so she's six months younger than the Queen. So, wow. Um, and, I, and she's pretty she's pretty amazing like she's pretty she's strong and she's tough she she worked full so time so she's 1996 she's 93 at 93, the moment 93 so and yeah. then god willing she'll be 94 in october wow yeah so, and she lives by mean, herself yeah and that will mean if um so in october she'll when she turns 94 that'll be 20 years to the day since she came to australia wow which is incredible wow. because i'm and sure when, when she came at 74 lots of people thought what on earth yeah. are you doing that for? Why yeah, would you yeah. migrate to the other side of the world at your yeah. age, you know? Yeah. Um, and yet here she is. She's been here all this time and yeah. seen the grandkids grow up. And Yeah. You work as a beauty therapist and also as a... Well, not anymore. Not anymore. No, no you, I did for many years. You did yeah. work as a beauty therapist. Tell us a little yeah. bit about beauty 
and how you think about beauty as a Christian. So, um, for, for, so for me, it's, it's like any other aspect of um, how we present ourselves um, and our, part of our uniqueness, I guess, in, in what we look like. Um, and it also has a big effect on our, um, you know, our self-esteem, how we feel mm. about ourselves, our confidence, mm. um, those sorts of things. So, um, you know, just, just like, you know, I, t- I tend to think sometimes it's a bit, you get frustrated years ago um, with both men and women who would think, oh, that's, you know, as Christians, you shouldn't, you shouldn't wear makeup or you shouldn't mm. do this or you should. But to me, it's, it's like, you know, even, even guys like, you know, now beards are really popular. So lots mm-hmm. of guys have beards. But um, when I was younger, beards weren't popular at all. Yeah. So no guys have beards. Yeah, you know? yeah. And yet they would often be the first to say, oh, I like women to look natural. And I'm like, natural? What's natural? Get back to me when you've got a beard and don't cut your hair. You know, <laughs> that would be natural. I guess Woodstock, right? Yeah, so not many guys <laughs> have that look. And even today, with the beards being popular, most guys still have shorter hair, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it's not a question of, oh, that's natural, therefore it's good, and then unnatural is yeah, bad. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I see, it's, you know, it's just like choosing what to wear, or what sort of style you like, or um, even the glasses you wear. You know, I mean, yeah. we don't all wear the same style of glasses, and not the same style doesn't suit everybody. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same with beauty. I think you yeah. can still make yourself um, look look better quite easily, and then that also makes you feel better which Mm. i think is a positive thing Mm, mm. and i guess there's a fine line isn't there a fine line of presenting our personality and characteristics and a fine line of pride and vanity yes yeah how do you yeah how does how do we think through that i think um I i mean i think it's a lot that's a much bigger issue now with um social media so i think there's a lot more temptation um, I mean, I'm sure this affects young men too, but especially for young women, to get caught up in that and mm. feel like, oh, I don't, I don't look like the, the people I see yeah. um, on social media or the celebrities. You know, I don't look like that, and that can have a negative effect then on their self-esteem, mm. and then they can get caught up in trying to to look like that and get mm. obsessed with it, and um, which obviously isn't good. Mm. Um, but I mean, in all in the years I worked in the beauty salon, it was very much lots of just regular people, um, you know, wanting to make the best of, of themselves, I guess, you know. Mm. Um, you know, so wanting to take care of their skin, for instance, or, you know, waxing, of course, is huge, pedicures, that sort of thing. Mm. But you never really, I never, you I mean, yeah, I didn't really have any, what I would say, vain clients, mm. you know what I mean? Now, it's, it's very strange now that you've moved from a beauty therapist to what you're doing now. Tell us a little bit about that move. You've moved from being a beauty therapist to a membership pastor of uh, a church in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, and on the one hand, I don't, there's not an awful lot of difference, to be honest, like, so you still, <laughs> well, in so Tell many us ways, about, what, what do you mean by that? That's a really interesting statement. Yeah, I mean, so I've only been a membership pastor this year, I've been, um, looking after the women in our church for a couple of years before that, and now I'm doing membership too. But generally, um, you, you know, you're trying to make people feel comfortable, you're trying to get them to come back, um, you want them to feel welcome, um, yeah. I guess you want them to like coming coming to your 
you know, your salon or in this case, your church. Yeah, yeah, So it's, yeah. it's very much um, just thinking about the best way you can do that. Yeah. Um, so you've applied a lot of your, your skills that you've learned as a beauty therapist and transferred it into a church setting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, because that's, I mean, as a senior beauty therapist, you shouldn't actually have any free time. Do you know what I mean? You, you should have all regular clients. So yeah. you should be completely booked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously less experienced therapists, they pick, they pick up what we call the, you know, the, the, all the floating clients or the, yeah, the clients that yeah. just ring up and don't, who are new or don't have a, a set therapist or don't mind yeah. who they see. Um, but the whole goal is to have regular clients yeah. who just want to see you. Yeah. And um, that's why I see you all the time on the phone with people and catching up with people and trying to see and follow up and trying to, to access these yeah, things, so I get, yeah. yeah, so I guess to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. You, you could have the best Bible teaching in the world, which is a wonderful thing, but if people come to your church and it's not a friendly place, no one speaks to them, yeah. um, they don't feel welcome, they don't feel yeah. included. Um, like inclusion is a big thing because yeah. members of the church could be very good at chatting among themselves and welcoming each other and chatting yeah, with that kind of exclusiveness themselves. but yeah, yeah. But then they're not very outward focused what are some of your tips for inclusion to happen in any community well i mean first of all just being aware of, of new people being aware and noticing them um maybe you know going to sit with them at church um and then also i think after, afterwards when you're chatting with them try and get them to chat in a group rather than just one-on-one yeah. You know, because I think if you're just chatting with a, someone you've never met before, um, it's much harder if it's just the two of you. Yeah. Because it can feel like, um, you know, you're just asking that this new yeah. come up all these questions and they're just like, oh, you know, they yeah, can yeah. feel just really um, a lot of pressure. Yeah. Whereas I think it's easier if there's even just two, two or three people chatting and the newcomer, then sure, you might ask them questions, but you can also chat as well and they can just listen for a little while. Yeah. And actually get to know you, and then join in the conversation when when they're happy and yeah, yeah. feel relaxed enough to do so. Yeah, I've got two final questions for you. Why this sudden change from Why beauty therapist to well, a to? I guess you went to study at a Bible college. So again, it was um, a lot of it was God's timing. So um, as you know, have you always been wanting to go into? No, I don't think I'd ever thought work? of it. Not more because I didn't think people would ever consider me any good at it, I guess, or would, would want me to do it. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. guess. Um, but I mean, but God's timing was really perfect in that, as, as you know, Rob and I have three kids. Our oldest is 20, um, second one's 17, and then we have a 10 year old. So even though we'd wanted a third kid for many years, it didn't happen for a long time. And then when it did, we were really happy, but it was very much like a game of snakes and ladders, you know. So you were just making a bit of progress. Like we had a 10 year old, a seven and a half year old. Um, so our youngest had been in school a couple of years. Uh, I was just getting to the point where I could probably return to some sort of work um, whole, mm. whole days, you mm. know, not just part time. Um, and then I was pregnant again and had another baby. So it was like, bang, back at home with a newborn. Um, which I say was great because we, you know, we were really, really happy to have her. But it just, it, as far as going back to work and my career, it really stuffed that up. Yeah. Um, and then the year she started school when she was five, 
that was great, you know, she settled into school. And then um, my minister Dominic came to me sort of probably in the middle of that year or towards the end of that year and um, said that Mary Andrews College were running these scholarships programs aimed at getting women into ministry. So more Christian women actually into mm. um, either paid or unpaid ministry. Yeah. Um, and so we're offering scholarships whereby um, you got a diploma in ministry or theology through Mary Andrews College over two years. Mm. Um, and they actually paid you to work in your church two days a week wow. as well. Yeah. Which was perfect. And Dominic yeah. said, you know, I really think you'd be good at this. Yeah. I think you should consider yeah. doing it. Yeah, wow. Um, and I, yeah, I was really, I was really on it. And I say it was perfect timing in that it meant for the first time in a long time, I was working nine to five. Um, but I say our youngest had already done a year of school. So it wasn't like her first year. She was now in year one. Um, our son could actually pick her up on the way from school because his high school bus stopped at her school and he could walk her home. So again, just all these little things that seemed to fall into place that God had already sort of planned yeah. and made it really easy. Um, yeah. So I spent, yeah, spent the next actually four years at Bible College part-time, three years at Mary Andrews, and last year at SNBC. Great. Um, so I've got a double diploma now in ministry and theology. Yeah. And then I was fortunate enough um, that um, Dominic kept me on. So I've been here. Yeah. It just seemed like you, hearing your yeah. life, everything just fell into place. Coming to Australia, going to Bible college, having a mum who's the same age as the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Final question. I'm being a Mancunian. Being a Mancunian. <laughs> yeah. It's... But um, I think it, I mean that's one advantage I think of getting a bit older is looking back and seeing how God has worked in your life yeah. through, through the good things and the you know the trials as well. Yeah. Uh, the tougher times, but God, God, God's there and He's got a plan and yeah yeah it's, it's cool seeing how he works yeah last question do you think god is a beauty therapist um well i mean certainly like there's so much beauty in creation yeah totally i mean the world is a very very beautiful place yeah yeah does he beautify create make things more you know well i mean Glimmer. Well, certainly, I mean, it's very hard for us to replicate much of the natural beauty around us. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. there's there's lots of really talented people, and we've created lots of beautiful things. But yeah, you know, even I mean, my mum always used to say, actually, she loves this phrase. I think she got it from my dad, but she'd always say, "Look at the color green." You know, like if you do a painting in that, it's really easy to get greens, and they all clash and stuff. If you've got several greens and one painting but you know you look in nature and there's all these different shades of green yeah but they they never clash yeah you're right and she yeah she loves that so yeah and i'm looking at people you know I mean, there's so many different you yeah know, di different types of beauty across different nationalities and um yeah yeah different yeah, standards of beauty they're all um yeah yeah totally so what's yeah. considered i mean i've one of my pet theories on beauty is what's ever difficult to achieve in your in your culture when you're is is what's desirable you know i think right. that's why blonde hair is still so revered because it's it's much rarer yeah yeah than anything else. and i guess you could say that god is a beauty machine <laughs> beauty magician beauty therapist because he he beautifies us to be more and more christ-like and to fit into your theory to be christ-like to be 
it is a very, very difficult thing say, to that's do. The most difficult, um, yeah. Yeah, and um, God, with His Spirit, makes us more and more beautiful every single day as we walk the obedient path. Yeah, and that's uh, like incredible. The fact that He even takes the trouble to to try and do that is yeah. pretty amazing. Well, thank you so much, Fiona, for your time. And this has been um, Conversations with Earl Grey. And a cup of coffee. And this has been Conversations with Earl Grey. I hope you enjoyed our time together with Fiona Taylor and I really hope to see you next time. If you like us, subscribe to us and uh, we'll be on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts very soon. Playing us out is the famous English hymn Jerusalem on the organ. I hope to see you next time with another cup of cover.